Hey, everybody, this is IndyCar driver Joseph Newgarden, and you're listening to Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. IndyCar fans, it's time to start your engines. Welcome to Pit Pass Indy, a production of Evergreen Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Martin, a journalist who regularly covers the NTT IndyCar series. Our goal at Pit Pass Indy is to give racing fans an insider's view of the exciting world of the NTT IndyCar series in a fast-paced podcast featuring interviews with the biggest names in the sport. I bring nearly 40 years of experience covering IndyCar and NASCAR, working for such media brands as NBCSports.com, SI.com, ESPN Sports Ticker, Sports Illustrated, Auto Week, and Speed Sport. So let's drop the green flag on this episode of Pit Pass Indy. Welcome to this week's edition on Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. We are proud and honored to bring Penske Truck Rental to the show as the presenting sponsor of Pit Pass Indy. We will continue to cover the entire NTT IndyCar Series community, and our partners at Penske Truck Rental will help us tell those stories. Pit Pass Indy presented by Penske Truck Rentals at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for the month of May. We have a jam-packed episode on this week's show as the 34 cars attempting to make the 33-car starting lineup for the Indianapolis 500 are on track preparing for this weekend's Indy 500 pole qualifying. Because of the number of big-name guests we have on this week's show, we'll keep the introduction as fast as a lap around the 2.5-mile Indianapolis Motor Speedway at 230 miles an hour. We'll hear from all three Team Penske drivers, including 2018 Indianapolis 500 winner Will Power, two-time NTT IndyCar Series champion Joseph Newgarden, and sensational star from New Zealand Scott McLaughlin. Before we talk about the Indianapolis 500, however, let's catch up with GMR Grand Prix winner Alex Pelot of Chip Ganassi Racing. Pelot's choice of tire selection to start Saturday's GMR Grand Prix at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway left his competitors seeing red. Make that Firestone Reds. The Chip Ganassi Racing driver started Saturday's race on the 14-turn, 2.439-mile Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course on the softer alternate tire, and it paid off in a big way. He passed pole winner Christian Lungard of Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing in turn 14 of the opening lap and had the lead. Polo led the first 17 laps, but was able to build up a big enough lead that he was basically in charge of the outcome of the race once the event played out. He led four times for 52 laps in the 85-lap road course contest, including the last 21 laps to easily score his fifth career NTT IndyCar Series win, his first at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. He defeated Errol McLaren's Pato Award by 16.8006 seconds and takes over the NTT IndyCar Series points lead heading into the 107th Indianapolis 500 on May 28th. Pelot leads award by six points and teammate Marcus Erickson by 19 heading into the biggest race of the year on the 2.5-mile Indianapolis Motor Speedway Oval. Starting on the new reds left his competitors seeing red with envy. Let's spend some time with Pelot as he joins me in this exclusive interview for Pit Pass Indy presented by Penske Truck Rental. 
Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental, is the winner of the GMR Grand Prix. It's Alex Plow of Chip Ganassi Racing. Alex, a dominating victory. You won by 13 seconds over Pato Award. You started on the Firestone Reds. The other drivers started on the Blacks. Why was that choice in tires so important with you being able to pass Pulsit or Christian Lungard for the lead and go on and build a pretty big lead in the yeah. early portion of the race? Yeah, I mean, I think it was a key to this race, honestly. Uh, we knew after the warm-up that we were going to struggle to uh, keep the Reds alive, so we wanted to get them on early, try and be aggressive at the start, try and get cleaner, uh, open a, a gap if we could, um, and then worry about the blacks afterwards. So it worked. Uh, not every day works because I could have got stuck behind him and just lose a lot of lap time. But um, yeah, we went aggressive um, and I think it was the right call. You won the last race of last season by dominating the race out at Laguna Seca. You won by over 30 seconds. Today, you win by over 13. It seems like when you win a race, it's dominating. What is it about that strategy why once you're out front, nobody can really get close to you? Yeah, honestly, I think it's the clean air. When we have clean air, uh, we know we have a lot of speed and we can just focus on our race and lap by lap and, and we're really fast. So um, it's not that we're half a second faster each lap. It's that we are one tenth and a half each lap consistently, a little bit faster and we can open big gaps. So um, it's been amazing. Um, honestly, as I said before, a win is a win. It doesn't matter if it's by 30 seconds or by one tenth. But honestly, I prefer if it's by big margins. It seems that everything is going very well with you at Chip Ganassi Racing in 2023 after the speed bump you guys had midway through last season over the contract dispute how would you say things are amongst you and your team? Is it as good as it's ever been? Yeah, absolutely. Everything is great. Um, I would say um, since the start of the year and also like during the pre the preseason, it's been great, honestly. Um, so yeah, super proud, super happy that I can give them back a win now. Uh, last year, we, I think we missed on some occasions. Um, so I'm happy that we're not missing on occasions this year. We're maximizing and uh, they can get the first win of the fir of the year. Also, Christian Lungard of Ray Hall Letterman Landing and Racing scored his first career poll. He had a pretty good start to the race, was a contender, but in a lot of ways, experience came to the forefront. Do you think that was a key with today's podium? He did an amazing job in qualifying all weekend, honestly, in practice as well and in the race. Um, I think the strategy that they went for, it didn't work for us, so that's why we didn't go. Um, I don't know if it was the best for them, but honestly, I don't think he's missing um, a lot of experience now. He's been really, really strong. Um, he's been a threat in a lot of weekends, and um, yeah, it's great to find against him. Why did you start the race on reds while the others started on blacks? It was a good opportunity to try and get the lead. Uh, it was a good opportunity to try and avoid the risk of not getting enough laps on the reds um, and, and getting high decks. So we just wanted to get the lead, get the clean air. And as soon as the reds were giving up pit, put blacks and focus on the blacks. It's a win at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, but it's on the road course. It's not the Indianapolis 500. We all know why we're here this month. 
But how special is it to win at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, even if it is on the road course? Oh, really special. I mean, this place is amazing. You can see on the garages since day one, uh, the amazing people that we had. And also today, I think it was the biggest crowd that I saw at the uh, Indy Road Course. So um, it's not the same. Obviously, you cannot compare the Indy 500 to any race. But um, the Indy 500 uh, haven't started yet. Um, we've done everything we could uh, for the month of May and we won today. So, um, yeah, looking forward to the big one. And wrapping up here with Alex Pelot, driver of the number 10 American Legion Honda for Chip Ganassi Racing. The reason we're all here begins on Tuesday practice for the 107th Indianapolis 500. Just how excited are you to get that underway and how busy are the next two weeks going to be for you leading into the biggest race of the year? Super, super excited. I think uh, I've never been so excited Um just because of the confidence I have now at the Speedway, um, the speed that I know that we're going to have. Um, and I'll be very busy. It's crazy busy for us the month of May uh, with sponsor stuff, with just um, trying and promote even more the race. And um, it's fun. It's fun. I love I love the month of May. I, I wish that we had the month of May during all year. But um, yeah, uh, we'll try and, um, and have a great one. Alex Polo, congratulations on your victory in the GMR Grand Prix. Good luck in the 107th Indianapolis 500. Thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. Thank you. Padua Ward of Monterey, Mexico, scored his third second-place finish of the season in Saturday's race. The 23-year-old Aero McLaren star also finished second to last year's Indianapolis 500 winner Marcus Erickson in the 2022 Memorial Day weekend Speed Classic. Here's my exclusive interview with Award heading into this week's Indy 500 practice and this weekend's qualifications. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is Pato Award of Aero McLaren. Pato, second place finisher in the Indianapolis 500. Obviously, the big goal this year is to win the race. How determined are you entering the month of May to be able to do that this year? Determined to continue on our, uh, our good championship start. And um, it's a long month. You got to take it step by step. Uh, there's a lot of things that are, that are happening before the race that will that will either make your life easier or harder. So all we try and do is maximize that and then, you know, be there on race day. Rick Mears of Team Penske has always described the Indianapolis 500 as two races. There's the race for the pole that comes up first and then the actual Indianapolis 500 itself. Do you have that mindset as you enter this first week of practice going into Indy 500 pole day of what you're trying to do or how much do you try to delineate between that and race runs? Um... If you want to win the race, you need a good race car. Um, doesn't matter where you qualify. So do you look at pole day as just get the best start you can and not really necessarily hang it out on the ragged edge to get the pole? Or as competitive as you are, are you trying to get that too? Nah, I mean, you, you want to be on pole, right? But I think you need to be realistic. And when you know that you're, you know, when you're already wringing the thing's neck, you know, is it really worth it to, uh, to risk arguably the best car that you're going to have all month because there's, you know, it takes months to prep the cars and, uh, you know, is it really worth going two or three positions better to, to really take that risk and ultimately being on the back foot on race day? I don't think so. So, uh, it's just, it really depends on where you're at and, 
you, you know, make, you make decisions from there. The experience that you come into this year's Indianapolis 500 after nearly winning the race last year, how valuable is that? Uh, very valuable. I mean, we've had a sixth, we've had a fourth, we've had a second. There's only one more spot to go. And, um, you know, we, we know how to put ourselves into, into, into contention positions throughout the race. So we're just going to try and re repeat that and, and, uh, and try and go a little bit better. And the confidence level of knowing that Errol McLaren is off to a pretty good start this season. You've got a fast race car. You've got Gavin Ward running the show. You've got Brian Barnhart there, two new guys bringing in new thinking. How much better do you believe the team is prepared for the Indianapolis 500 in 2023 over the previous attempts that you've been here? I mean, we, there's been a lot of off-season work, um, but that definitely doesn't take away from you know how hard it is you know, just to, par to participate in the Indy 500, you can, you know, you can be winning one year and the next year you can, you can be having yourself a, a bit more of a headache. So it's just, it's all about taking it, uh, taking it with patience and, and, and really just focusing on, on uh, the little things that you can do well, because those add up to a lot at the end. As a professional athlete, do you get the same excitement that a lot of the fans do or even some of the media get of realizing it's the month of May, we're here, it's time for the Indianapolis 500, let's get on track? Ah, more, man. I have the best seat in the house. And as far as the best seat in the house, you've also uh, had a lot of exposure on 100 Days to Indy. How much has that really kind of helped? Uh, have you noticed more people recognize Paddle Award? Is your social media following increased? You were a big part of the storyline in the second episode. Probably may be a big part of the storyline here in the next couple episodes. But what has it been like for you? What has that show done for you in terms of helping people know, hey, keep an eye on Pato Award because he's fast? I've been, it's, it's been, it's been amazing working with, with the Vice crew. I mean, they've, they've been really, uh, really a fly on the wall. Doesn't matter what crew you get to work with. And, and I think they've done a phenomenal job with, with the editing and, and how they're, you know, they're showing a very raw cut of what IndyCar is. And, um, you know, I, I haven't really noticed much of a change, to be fairly honest, with my following. Um, but, you know, I think it, 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 these things take time. And, and uh, as, you know, as more people jump on the boat and start watching it, they're, they're going to get hooked on it. I don't know how you don't. And uh, hopefully it gets, you know, later on get picked up by, a, by, by an even larger platform than what it already is right now. And, and uh, just give IndyCar more exposure because I think... You know, the, the entertainment is there. It's just all about getting in, in, into more and more people's eyes. Paddle Award, Errol McLaren Racing. He's the face of IndyCar. Good luck in this year's Indianapolis 500. And thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. Thank you. Marcus Erickson of Chip Ganassi Racing defends his victory in the 106th Indianapolis 500 in this year's 107th running of the world's greatest race. He is back in the number eight Husky Chocolate Honda as he attempts to become the first driver since Elio Castroneves in 2001 and 2002 to win the Indianapolis 500 in back-to-back -back years. A second straight Indy 500 victory by Erickson would be worth an additional $420,000 in the Borg Warner rollover jackpot. 
The longtime part of the prize fund can only be claimed by a driver who wins the Indianapolis 500 in back-to-back -back years. Each year, the jackpot increases by another 20000 and continues until the next driver wins the world's greatest race in consecutive seasons. The bonus was established by Borg Warner in 1995 and has been claimed just one time by Elio Castroneves of Brazil in 2002 after he won the Indianapolis 500 for the second straight year. Since the first Indianapolis 500 in 1911, the only other drivers who have had the honor of winning the Indy 500 back-to-back -back include Wilbur Shaw in 1939 and 1940, Maury Rose in 1947 and 1948, Bill Vukovic in 1953 and 1954, and Al Unser in 1970 and 1971, all before the jackpot's inception. Here is my exclusive interview with Marcus Erickson for Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental, is the defending winner of the Indianapolis 500. It's Marcus Erickson at Chip Ganassi Racing. Marcus, we're back at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It's leading into Indy 500 pole qualifying, which will be this weekend. How excited are you to get out there, get another great starting position, and defend your championship in the Indianapolis 500? It's hard to put into words how excited I am. It's, uh, it's you know, highlight of the year, no doubt. And to be here in the month of May and, and drive out on the speedway, it's, uh, it's always magical, uh, I think. And to do it as a defending winner and defending champion is... Uh, it's just something else. So yeah, it's uh, it's very fun. It's very cool. Uh, I'm gonna try and enjoy every moment of it, and of course, try and do it again. You can't miss seeing Marcus Erickson's face in and around Indianapolis, especially in and around the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. When you pull up on 16th Street at the main entrance, there's the giant banner of you in Victory Lane from last year. What was that like the first time you saw that? Seeing that greeting all the spectators that come into the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. The first thing I thought was, man, I didn't shave that day. <laughs> but uh, no, joking aside, it was, uh, yeah, it's so cool. You know, you, it's another one of those things, being the champion here. You know, you're seeing that every day you drive into the track, knowing everyone else will see that banner. It's just, uh, it's just another thing that's so cool about it. And uh, it's another one of those sort of pinch yourself moments. So yeah, it's, uh, it's very cool. Another moment that you brought up when we uh, before we started recording was all 300,000 tickets have your face on it, and that's got to be pretty cool in itself to know that every fan that comes into the Indianapolis 500 on race day has Marcus Erickson either in the lanyard around their neck or in their back pocket. That's what they got to scan in order to get to their seat. But how cool is that? Yeah, that's it's another thing that uh, I think they make really well here at the track at the Speedway, you know, to make that... Uh, that tradition and, and make sure that happens. It's just so cool. And, and you know, like you say, just knowing the fact that everyone held that in, in their pocket or around their neck, it's just, it's just super, super special. What is a year as the Indianapolis 500 winner been like for Marcus Erickson? It's been busy, but it's what I say, it's been good busy. I've got to experience and do so many incredible things. Uh, got to celebrate the win all over the world, really. Uh, Brought the Borg Warner to Sweden, which was amazing. Was very, very thankful I got the chance to do that. And also, you know, just, you know, getting that uh, appreciation of being the 500 champion has been, it's been incredible. A lot of big things have happened for you in the last year. You got married to your longtime girlfriend, Iris. 
Uh, but you got married in Santa Barbara after the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. You also got another family you got to know, the people at Borg Warner that, you know, were with you around the world helping uh, take the trophy over to Sweden, celebrate with your fans over there in December. A lot of other cool things you got to do with them. What, have, what was all that like for you, all the off-track personal experiences you were able to get? It, it was amazing. Uh, I think Borg Warner, what they do and, and you know, how much this means for me, what they do, you know, it's uh, something I'm very, very thankful for. And, you know, the fact that they let me uh, take the World Warner to Sweden, to my home country and my hometown is something I'm going to be forever thankful of. So it's been cool to get to know the people there. They're such a good bunch of people. And, and uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's friend for life, no, no doubt. Now, as far as on the personal side, being able to get married, I know you were able to keep that a pretty good secret in the paddock, but what's it been like so far? It's obvious that the two of you were a great couple and you were able to celebrate the victory with her last year. To be able to now be a married man in the Indianapolis 500, that's a little bit of a different spin than what you've had before. Yeah, I know, it feels amazing. Uh, Iris is, you know, my biggest supporter and, and my rock and, and, you know, we can always talk about things and she always are there by my side. So uh, it feels amazing and uh, she's really helped me take another step as, as a person and as a driver. So uh, I'm, I'm a very, very lucky man, no doubt about that. And looking ahead to the 107th Indianapolis 500, you're going to have an entire field of stacked competitors that are going to try to wrest the championship away from you. And a lot of those are on your own team. Do you look at your teammates as being some of the biggest threats of all to win that race? No doubt. It's, uh, you know, we have a dream team in Chip Ganassi Racing this year, and uh, uh, that lineup is uh, is going to be tough to beat. But uh, that, you know, gives... Gives you the you know it gives you the drive to take the best out of yourself and I think that's uh, it's amazing and I think definitely uh, the Ganassi cars is going to be up there fighting for the win but there is also so many other good teams and drivers there in the field so it's going to be very very tough but I know we have the team and the cars to to do it so I'm very excited about the the month ahead and yeah we want to win. Marcus Erickson, driver of the number eight Husky Chocolate Honda for Chip Ganassi Racing. Congratulations on winning the Indianapolis 500 in 2022. Good luck in the 107th Indianapolis coming up here on May 28th. And thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy presented by Penske Truck Rental. Thank you. We'll be right back to Pit Pass Indy after this short break. In the world of racing, Penske means performance and winning. For good reason. Since 1966, Team Penske has won 44 national championships, 17 in IndyCar alone. And last year, Team Penske claimed its Indianapolis 500 record-extending 19th Indy 500 win with Joseph Newgarden, the latest driver, to win the famed race. Team Penske also won its second straight NASCAR Cup Series championship. In 2022, Penske was the first team in history to win both the IndyCar and the NASCAR Cup Series championships in the same season. Team Penske enters the 2024 NTT IndyCar Series season with 236 IndyCar wins, including 34 500-mile race victories. Those are results that are tough to top. But Penske's legendary reputation for quality and attention to detail makes a statement off the track, too. When you need a truck, whether for your business or for a household move, Penske Truck Rental has some of the cleanest, newest, and best-maintained vehicles on the road. 
And we make it easy with personalized support from our associates, flexible reservations, and access to the top technology. With quick pickup and drop-off at more than 2,500 locations across North America, our scale and know-how will keep you covered, all helping to ensure you get the right, reliable, fuel-efficient vehicle when and where you need it. On the highways, the raceways, and every pit stop in between, Penske keeps you moving forward. Gain ground with Penske. Get a quote today at PenskeTruckRental.com or for household rentals, download the Penske Truck Rental mobile app today. This is Willpower of Team Penske, and you're listening to Pit Pass Indy presented by Penske Truck Rental. Welcome back to Pit Pass Indy presented by Penske Truck Rental. Let's devote the next segment to Team Penske and the three drivers that will attempt to give team owner Roger Penske a record-extending 19th Indianapolis 500 victory on May 28th. Penske is also the owner of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and the Indianapolis 500. Two-time NTT IndyCar Series champion Will Power knows what it takes to win the Indy 500. He was the winner in 2018. Last year, he won his second NTT IndyCar Series championship and will continue his quest for a second Indy 500 win this year. Power joins me for this exclusive interview for Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental, is the winner of the 2018 Indianapolis 500. And he's a two-time IndyCar Series champion. It's Will Power of Team Penske. Will, it's go time. We're at the Indianapolis 500. Pole qualifying is coming up this weekend. I know you're always a major threat for the pole. Do you see that the team has made up some ground over the last couple of seasons where they've been... I guess you would call them unPenske-like results at the Indianapolis 500. Yeah, definitely have worked hard over the last three years, and um, we're hoping to see uh, reap the rewards of those uh, of that development here this this weekend coming up. So, you know, we'll see. I'm, yeah, you just don't know in this game. I mean, there's so many good teams and drivers. It's really hard to say, but uh, I feel like. Uh, I'm hoping we're in the game. Does it surprise you that over the last couple of years across the entire team, the performance level here has not been what we would normally expect out of Team Penske at the Indy 500? Yes, surprise, yeah. It has surprised me considering we've worked really hard on it, but obviously everyone else has as well. And um, the competition just ramped up the development, the uh, you know, Ganassi is now setting pretty fierce pace and everyone's trying to close that gap. So, um, yeah, we're, like I said, I hope, I hope we're in the game this year. You won your second NTT IndyCar Series Championship in 2022. How important would a second Indianapolis 500 victory be for Will Power in terms of putting you at a higher level of all-time greats? Oh, it would be amazing to win a second Indy 500. Really would. And that is the goal, as it is for 32 other people. And, um, you know, we're, we'll see, see what we got. Hopefully we get some running. It's uh, good running this week and the weather stays good and we can start working out, uh, working on the race car. 
one of the great things you have at Team Penske is you have Rick Mears here for the month. IndyCar legend, four-time Indianapolis 500 winner, holds the record for most poles in the Indy 500 with six. How much does it help to be able to get, even at your stage of your career, to get advice from Rick about what it takes to succeed here? Yeah, I mean, his advice is still very relevant. Um, there's many, you know, a lot of lot of the stuff that he's taught me over the years just still holds true today. So um, it is very good to lean on Rick during the month and um uh yeah he's he's uh, he's always around he's always uh, very open to helping us out one of the things rick mears always says is the indianapolis 500 is two races one is the run for the indy 500 pole is one race and then there's race the race itself how do you approach indy 500 pole qualifications yeah it's ah, oh, it's so hard to predict the i guess the temperature the track condition when you draw, you know, you draw to go, you're hoping to get an early draw uh, because the, the temperature is cooler. It's simply a better track. But um, it is it is very difficult to pick your downforce level. That's that's what I've found over the last few years. It's very difficult to pick that, that level where you're not too stuck. But, you, you know, the worst thing you can do is just go too low. It's been said that winning the Indianapolis 500 will change a driver's life forever. How did winning the Indianapolis 500 here in 2018 change willpower? Uh, for me, uh, winning it just took a huge load off my shoulders. Uh, just made me more content and happy with my career. You know, it's just a big relief really. And as far as the start of the season, where would you say you are right now? I know you've had a few uh, incidents uh, throughout the year that probably you didn't have to go through back in 2022. How would you gauge the start of the season so far for willpower? It's, it has been, um, I mean, we're still right there in the game and in, in the points, but uh, yeah, not not the performance we were looking for. It seems definitely more difficult for us this year. Uh, the competition is really tough, and I think you know I think Honda has taken a step forward. They've made a, a slight improvement, and um, it's it just it's been a little more difficult for us. So um, yeah, we're it's just a ridiculously competitive series. Basically, it's just unbelievably competitive. And in our final question here with Will Power of Team Penske, the winner of the 2018 Indianapolis 500, your two teammates, Joseph Newgarden and Scott McLaughlin, neither one of them have won the Indianapolis 500. How much fire do you see in their eyes? How much motivation do you see in either one of them to add their name to the Borg Warner Trophy this year? Yeah, they're both, both well capable. I think Newgarden is kind of in my position where he... He hasn't won it um, after you know being in the series for quite quite some time. Uh, so yeah, he's obviously massively determined. Scott, I think, extremely good on a super speedway. So uh, both capable of winning it. You're also capable of winning the Indianapolis 500. I'm sure you'll be up there in the fight come race day. But two-time NTT IndyCar Series champion and 2018 Indianapolis 500 winning driver, Will Power, Team Penske. Good luck, and thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. Thanks, Bruce. Appreciate it. 
Joseph Newgarden is one of the biggest stars in the NTT IndyCar Series. He is a two-time IndyCar champion, and the driver from Nashville, Tennessee, has won 26 IndyCar races in his career. But he has never won the Indianapolis 500. He attempts to change that this year as he joins me in this exclusive interview for Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental, is two-time NTT IndyCar Series champion Joseph Newgarden of Team Penske. Joseph, we're back at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. You're a two-time IndyCar Series champion, but you haven't won the Indianapolis 500 yet. How big of a goal is that for you to accomplish that this year? Yeah, it's definitely, you know, obviously a big goal. Um, excited to be back here. I just love every opportunity we've had at this place. So I can't wait to get going. You know, maybe maybe this year it will work out. In the past, you've said that you're at peace with the fact of whether you win the Indianapolis 500 or not. I don't know whether that you've convinced the rest of us of that, but I know <laughs> that that's what you had said maybe as early as three years ago. But when you look at your history here, You've had a pretty good record here, but what do you see is what's been missing to get you into that last lap battle for the win? I mean, I think we've tried to identify the last couple years specifically, you know, where, where we've maybe been short and improve upon that. But, you know, other than that, I've, I've had some good opportunities. 2019 was a great chance, and so was 2016. So I think we just keep working on what we've always worked on, you know, putting ourselves in position at the end trying to be in that lead group on that final pit stop and then see if we can make it happen. That's really how this race works. You got to give yourself a shot. And um, if you have the speed and the execution, then it just might work out. What has the team done to prepare for this year's race to maybe correct some of the issues that they've experienced the last couple of years here? Um, well, which, which specifically, Bruce? I think that a couple of years ago, you guys probably weren't happy with the qualifying. Regime. Yeah, okay, yeah. That you've always said in the past, we can solve some of those problems by qualifying higher. Yeah, sorry. No, I thought I thought you were talking about the actual race itself. I was like, what are you talking about? Um, no, on the... Well, I have listeners that say that every episode. Yeah, but, <laughs> but that was to my point that where you finish can be solved a lot by where you start. Yeah, no, for sure. No, the, the, there's no doubt the one, probably the biggest missing piece has been speed. You know, we just need more inherent speed in the cars and there's a lot of ways you can build speed in these cars at indianapolis and everyone has a different approach it's fascinating actually to see how many different ways you can go about trying to build speed in the car so we've you know i think gone down a development path that maybe wasn't right for us over the last couple of years and and we've tried to reverse that and try a different way and i'll tell you what we've we found a lot of really good stuff i think that the commitment's been there from the team. There's no doubt anything that we need, you know, Roger, make sure that we're fully supported. And I feel like we're in a good spot. The confidence level is definitely high to, to maybe come out here and execute. This weekend is all about speed because you're running for the starting lineup. You're running for the pole, which in itself, as Rick Mears has always said, is one of two races at Indianapolis. The yeah. first is running for the pole. The second is the actual race itself. How do you prepare for pole qualifying? How thrilling is it for a race driver for those four laps around the two and a half mile oval at the edge of your seat? It's tra it's challenging. You know, it's very difficult to put the car on pole here, but also just to qualify at Indy is, you know, no easy feat. Um, but we're going to be out pretty early working on qualifying, I think, this this week. And, you know, hopefully we can we can find what we've been missing and what we need specifically for the day. You know, the conditions are always moving around, so that's a big part of it. 
And um, let's see. You know, it's early. We're not going to know until it's actual qualifying weekend, but maybe we'll have enough this time. You already draw a paycheck from Roger Penske, but he also owns the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and the Indianapolis 500. How big a deal would it be to collect that $3 million paycheck from him for winning the Indy 500? Well, it would just be special to, you know, be here and to drive for Roger, you know, as he owns the Speedway and win the race. I couldn't imagine. I, I mean, genuinely, I couldn't imagine what it would be like. I'm sure it would be surreal. So... Yeah, just working towards it. He brought you ice cream after your win at Texas. What could he bring you at the Indy 500? There's already somebody to hand you the bottle of milk. I can only imagine what Roger would be, would bring if we won the 500. I'm sure he'd be pretty happy. You know, he's as, as competitive as anybody. Um, but I think just just to see his smile would be pretty special. Well, he brought you ice cream in Texas. The Indiana Dairy Association brings you a bottle of milk. Maybe Roger will just bring you the whole cow. <laughs> Maybe so. Late. Yeah, just walk her in. Uh, but getting back to the race itself, uh, you know you've got the best pit crew on pit lane. You're going to have some of the best race cars in the race. How much confidence does that give a driver that drives for Team Penske to know he's got the best there is? Immense. You know, I, I, you can't replace it. I feel like I've got the best of the best, like you said, and it gives you comfort that we're going to be able to overcome adversity and we're going to be able to execute when we really need to. And, and you need both of those things at this track. So, yeah, you can't replace it. And also, can you ever dream about what it would be like for you to win the Indianapolis 500? I'm sure that's a dream you've had when you were a kid. I've, oh, I've definitely dreamt it. I'm sure most people that, that come here have. Um, but, yeah, I, I have no idea what it would be like. I've not had the privilege of doing that or at least winning the race. So... I'm, I can't imagine. I'm sure it would be absolutely beyond my dream. And also wrapping up here with two-time IndyCar Series champion, Joseph Newgarden of Team Penske. You were a big star the first episode of 100 Days to Indy, the docu-series that airs on the CW. How often have you been reminded about working out with your shirt on by the fans and the media? Yeah, a lot. You know, a lot. I think, I guess people like that, so... Um, it's my, that's my gig. I, you know, it's, it's just a little bit of me at home that everybody got to see. So, you know, take it for what it is. Well, we can certainly take Joseph Newgarden for what he is. He's a two-time NTT IndyCar Series champion. Good luck in your battle to win your first Indianapolis 500. And thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. Thanks, Bruce. Mm -hmm. Here is the first of my two interviews with Scott McLaughlin, driver of the number three Pennzoil Chevrolet for Team Penske on today's Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental, is Team Penske Scott McLaughlin. Scott, we're here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It's the time for the month of May. Earlier today, you shot an 80 at Brickyard Crossing, so we know how good a golfer you are. But what does the month of May mean to you now that you're back at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway with the big race coming up on May 28th, the 107th Indianapolis 500? It's nice to have experienced it for uh, for two uh, you know two years, um, but uh, now this third year, I'm fully understand. Uh, you know, what, I've, what I've got ahead of me and, and I think uh, you know it's, it's been it's, it's cool to enjoy it but you've got to remember it's just another race and you've just got to you know try and you know conserve your energy and, and make sure that you're ready to go for the last race uh, on, on the end of the end of the month in May. Rick Mears has said that Indianapolis is two races one is the race for the pole which is coming up this weekend 
and the other will be at the end of the month, the actual Indianapolis 500. How do you prepare yourself for the race for the pole, and then after that's over for the race? Yeah, look, ultimately we haven't been that good in qualifying, so um, we need to be better. Um, and, and and hopefully, you know, after practice and stuff, we've got ourselves in a good spot for this weekend. We can really, you know, push on from a qualifying perspective. Um, but yeah, I really want to get in that fast 12 and 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 be be a part of Sunday. And how much has this race sunk into you in terms of just how important it is? Oh, it's just, it's it's an incredible race. But like I said, I think I've got caught up a little bit with the emotion of the whole race. I've got to just conserve my energy and, and really uh, just, just enjoy it, but just, you know, be chilled about it as well. And speaking of getting caught up, now you got to run off to an engineering meeting, but we want to thank you for joining us. Scott McLaughlin, Team Penske. Good luck in Indianapolis 500 pole qualifying. Thank you for joining us on Pit Pass Indy presented by Penske Truck Rental. Thank you, Bruce. Appreciate it. We'll be right back to Pit Pass Indy after this short break. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Hi, I'm Scott McLaughlin, driver of the number three Team Penske Chevy, and you're listening to Pit Pass Indy presented by Penske Truck Rental. And now here's the second part of my exclusive interview with Scott McLaughlin of Team Penske. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental, Scott McLaughlin of Team Penske. We had you earlier in the show after the GM or before the GMR Grand Prix. You were playing a little bit of golf that day. We're at opening day for the Indianapolis 500 for practice. I don't think the rain today would be very conducive to a game of golf. No, but you know what? There's a bit of time there. I probably should have just gone and hit the range or something. But no, I was actually playing golf inside my motorhome. Uh, with my PlayStation, so um, you can't get me away from golf at all, Bruce, ever. Of the three drivers at Team Penske, we have the proven veteran with Will Power. We have the two-time champion. They're both two-time the champions, Kendall. actually. Joseph Newgarden and Will Power are both yeah. two-time champions. Joseph's a little younger. You're the new guy. You've had a lot of success in supercars in Australia with all the championships you won there. But the Indianapolis 500 is known worldwide. What would winning the Indy 500 mean to Scott McLaughlin? Oh, it's, it's the biggest, biggest race of your life. You know, it's the, it's um, a huge, a huge moment in your career, and definitely be the biggest race of my my career if I won it. So, but at the same time, I'm just trying to be, I'm trying to be very chilled with it this week and this this month. Like I'm just, just it's another race for me. It's a big deal, but I think over the last few years I've. I've burnt myself out just thinking about watching highlights, you know, staying up late watching YouTube, like getting excited and getting jacked up to the point where I get to the end of the month and I'm just 
finished. So I'm, I'm just, it's just another race for me. Back on the team for this race is four-time Indianapolis 500 winning driver Rick Mears. He's here to help consult, help talk to the drivers, give his advice where needed. He's the all-time pole winner here with six poles. How valuable is he to talk to entering this weekend's pole qualification? Oh, ever since I started in IndyCar, Rick's been my right-hand man. And, um, you know, so awesome with his experience to talk about. Yeah, he talks about patterns um, on the racetrack and, and making patterns and, and thinking about, you know, wh where you enter the corner is how you exit. Like, just simplifies things a lot. And uh, having that experience, the experience of, you know, and the many poles that he's won and the races that he's won, it's invaluable. So, um, yeah, I, t I take every, every word he says, I, I, I hang on to it, you know, by everything. How thrilling are those four laps as fast as the car will go, maybe even faster than it's capable of oh. going? to a driver when he has to do his qualification attempt at Indy, knowing that if it just steps out just a little bit, it could be the end of the run and maybe, you know, the end of your car. Yeah, look, it's it's a, it's a nerve-wracking, exhilarating, um, such an exciting experience. There's nothing like it ever in the world. Like, the, the, doing four laps around here is just completely different, and, and each lap is different each time you go around. Um, but yeah, exhilarating, something so cool. And, uh, you know, I, I can't wait to get back out there. I really can't. It's going to be awesome. And then what's it like to start the Indianapolis 500 where you've just, you're in the middle of a hurricane, oh. it's been described, because all the turbulence, all the wind, all the jockeying for position. How do you describe that to somebody that's never experienced it? And how big of a shock was it to you when you experienced it for the first time? Yeah, look, it's, it's you know, the last two years I've qualified bad, so I've got a huge draft going into turn one, and uh, you almost don't even have to throttle up into, into the turn because you just get dragged along by the turbulent air. So it's incredible, but um, the... Uh, uh, you know, hopefully this year, Bruce, we're in the top 12 and we're, we're not, we're, we're able to control our car a little bit better than in the middle of the pack. You're also carrying the Pennzoil colors in this year's Indianapolis 500. One of the most iconic sponsors of our team at Indy. When you're out there in that beautiful yellow submarine, do you sense the history that that car represents? Yeah, I, I think that's, it's my favorite car livery by a mile car scheme. It's uh you know, it's an incredible piece of history, and I try and get around it with, you know, um, you know, having the same helmet as what Rick used to run it with and whatnot. It's uh, it's pretty special, and it's definitely a favorite in my family. And and um, yeah, you, if I could if I could win with that car, it would just be the most incredible thing ever. Other than yourself, as a kid in New Zealand, maybe all the way up to now, who was your favorite Indy 500 driver? <laughs> when I was growing up, I, it was Scott Dixon. You know, he was my guy. So, um, but now all I want to do is beat him. <laughs> so that, that, that's the difference now. Also, your team owner, Roger Penske, who also owns the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and the Indianapolis 500, all-time winningest car owner in IndyCar, in Indy 500 history and IndyCar history, as far as that goes. But he's been stuck at 18 Indy wins since Simon Pagino won in 2019. How special would it be for you to be the guy who got him win number 19 here? I would love that. It, you know, obviously it would be such a special moment for any of us, but um, to win it would be cool. But we know at the end of the day, uh, once 19 happens, he's the first thing he's going to say, all right, let's go get 20. So we know that very well. So we're just going to have to, you know, knuckle down in the next few years. Hopefully we can get one for him. Well, if you go back to back in 23 and 24, you could be the guy to get him 19 and 20. Oh, uh, that, that works. But Scott McLaughlin... 
of Team Penske, driver of the Pennzoil Chevrolet. Good luck in this weekend's Indianapolis 500 pole qualifications and good luck in the 107th Indianapolis 500. And thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy presented by Penske Truck Rental. No worries, Bruce. Thank you. Elio Castrodambas is one of just four drivers who have won the Indy 500 four times. He drove the number 06 Meyer Shank Honda to victory in 2021. This season, however, the team has been struggling, but Castrodambas remains confident he can help turn around the team and will fight for a record-breaking fifth Indy 500 win on May 28th. Here is my exclusive interview with Castrodambas for Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental, is four-time Indianapolis 500-winning driver, Elio Castroneves. Elio's a one-year older as of May 10th, <laughs> but he's probably going to try to be 10 miles an hour faster come pole day, which would probably be a new track record if you accomplish that. But Elio, we're back at the Indianapolis 500. This is the place that made Elio Castroneves who he is today. How excited are you to always show up here for another Indy 500? I know, Bruce. Um, you know, you just mentioned about my age, but I'm still feeling like young. <laughs> and I tell you, it is actually incredible to come back to this place. And um, and I can't believe we're already month of May and ready to go. So looking forward to it. Unfortunately, Mother Nature is the only one that is being active right now. And uh, But you're right. It's, uh, it's great to be uh, in, in a position that nobody ever ever done uh, or active now which is trying to win the number five so we're looking forward to this amazing opportunity you're back with Meyer Shank Racing you run the full season for that team uh, ever since 2022 but in 2021 you showed up at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway it was basically an Indy 500 runoff that year you ran a few more races the rest of the season but it wasn't a full season you captured magic that day. That goes down as one of the most dramatic Indianapolis 500 victories, one of the most emotional ever. And when you look back at that now, does it seem like you're watching a movie? I, I always thought my life was a movie, to be honest. And, uh, but no question, it was. It's, that's what this place is all about, Bruce. Um, we're talking about over. So many people being here, so many people, history and memories that they carry on through their own families. And, and that day particular, as you mentioned, is another one to the books, you know. So, so happy to be able to provide that to so many fans and including my, myself. You're a perfect example of the term when a race driver wins the Indianapolis 500, his life has changed forever. Because with Elio Castroneves, it really did change your life. You have become as synonymous at this place as A.J. Foyt, as Rick Mears, as Al Unser. You've won more Indy 500s than legends like Mario Andretti, who only won it once. How would you describe how dramatically your life changed because of the Indianapolis 500? Well, uh, huge. Not because of the wins, obviously, but uh, the way... The way you, you, you understand that people look at you and, and special now that I'm, as you mentioned, older, um, the youngest one asking opinion, asking for um, uh, guidance, which is great because I was one of those. So for me, that's the way it changed people to sort of like uh, you earned this respect. And, um, and that's cool about it because so far I only saw it 
and I remember this with Roger Penske. Everybody want to say hello to him, you know, uh, because the respect that he has, uh, it's, it's undeniable. And it's something that, like in the movie, as you mentioned. So for me, I feel sort of like not in the same scale, but um, sometimes when it comes to this place, that's the way I feel. And uh, I'm always going to respect this place. It's about history. It's about accomplishment. It's about competition. But from a business standpoint, how much did that really help you in terms of endorsement opportunities, things of that nature, to where Elio Castroneves, not only in the United States, but definitely in Brazil, was able to cash in on what an Indy 500 victory meant? That is a great, great question, Bruce, because up to that point, uh, a lot of people already knew about Indy 500 in Brazil, but after that win, it was historical. And... Uh, People now really tune in, people ready to see it, and get ready, because it's going to be a lot of fun again. I know that so many of your great years were with Team Penske. Do you still talk to a lot of the guys on the team, and do you still call Rick Mears and ever get advice from him, or just to talk to him as a friend? Well, um, not Rick. I wish. I don't know. Rick has not been showing up uh, lately, uh, I have to say. He used to be more active uh, at Team Penske because... I mean, like I said, he is my uh, my mentor. But you know what, uh, Roger is still talk about with some of the mechanics. Unfortunately, some of the drivers uh, became too big in their head, you know, like Joseph and uh, Will. Will has always been awkward, but uh, um, uh, you know, Scott McLaughlin, he's always been nice, I guess. But Joseph is, uh, yeah, it's, uh, just joking. Joseph is right beside me. That's why I mentioned this right now. But I actually, we, since we work together with the this organization for so many years, I tell you, it's, it's like a, a family and you've seen them all over again. For lack of a better term, it's been a fairly dismal season at Meyer Shank Racing. Really? How much would you think so? An, you think so? <laughs> how much would winning another Indianapolis 500 wipe that dismal off the oh, slate? Oh yeah, it would be great. We know we can do it. We will do it. Um, we got we to gotta put ourselves in that position again and that's what we're working on it. Four-time Indianapolis 500 winning driver, Elio Castroneves of Meyer Shank Racing. Good luck in this year's Indianapolis 500. Who knows, maybe we'll have a five-time winner this year. And thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy presented by Penske Truck Rental. Thank you, Bruce. Simon Pagano also drives for Meyer Shank Racing in the number 60 Honda. He drove the Team Penske entry to victory in the 2019 Indianapolis 500. Here is my exclusive interview with Pagano heading into this week's Indianapolis 500 practice and qualifications. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy presented by Penske Truck Rental is Simon Pagano, Meyer Shank Racing, He's also the last driver for Team Penske to win the Indianapolis 500. Simon won the big race in 2019. Simon, when you think about that, Roger Penske's been stuck on 18. You were the guy who got him his 18th Indy 500 victory. Are you surprised he hasn't gotten a 19th yet? Uh, I'm just very proud. Very proud to be uh, to be that driver and, and very proud of the job I did with him and with the, the entire team. Huh? I mean, I wasn't alone. But, uh, yeah, I mean... They'll, they'll get another one very soon, I'm sure. It's, it's, uh, they're a fantastic team. Um, yeah, hopefully not this year because I'm planning on doing it. <laughs> They've said that winning the Indianapolis 500 changes a driver's life forever. How did winning the 2019 Indianapolis 500 
changed Simon Pagano's life? I mean, it's, you know, basically a kid's dream come true. Uh, you, uh, as a kid, you grow up, you want to be a race car driver and Indianapolis is the fastest race in the world. And all of a sudden you are the driver. So it was a very special moment. And obviously um, with that comes the recognition. And, um, you know, isn't that what we're all looking for? Recognition and I definitely fed that way. You know what it takes to win here. You also know what it takes to qualify well here. And this weekend is Indianapolis 500 qualifications. As Rick Mears always says, Indy is two races. One is the race for the pole. The other is the actual race itself. How important is the race for the pole? And how do you prepare for those four laps where you're just hanging it out? as fast as the car will go. Well, there's, it's absolutely right. Two races. Uh, pole position day is, is uh, phenomenal. It's great to be part of it. It's so much fun because you you are putting it all out there for, for that, one, that one position, the first one. Uh, it doesn't matter to be second or third. Uh, but uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great exercise. And it's a lot of fun to get your car ready for that day. Uh, I, hope, I hope we are fast enough so we can get there and fight for it. And uh, obviously, it's a complete different uh, mindset for the race and the race car. Uh, and I love having to switch back and forth. It's been a fairly dismal season at Meyer Shank Racing. Uh, talking to Elio Castroneves and talking to yourself earlier, these aren't the results you expected or want. How do you turn it around and how much could a win or a very good finish here in the Indy 500 really turn that around? Well, for me personally, it's about being a leader, a leader in your team and making sure that everybody stays motivated, believe in the potential of the team and, uh, and keep pushing. You know, at this point, we have great people. We have uh, everything, all the ingredients. We have five in Indianapolis 500 win on the team. Uh, we can do it. We can get it done. It's just a matter of uh, putting everything together. Uh, we've, we've been struck by a lot of bad luck, uh, a lot of issues, which is going to go past that, keep pushing forward. When you won the Indianapolis 500 in 2019, you weren't a father yet. Now you are. So how special would that be to be able to have your ch your kids with you in victory lane? Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's a great point. Uh, it'd be very special. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to having them at the race. And it's certainly uh, something I desire the most is, is have a picture of us, family, the whole family together on victory lane would, would make for uh, amazing memories in the future. And, you know, it would, it would be great for my son to think that I was the best race car driver ever. Well, there have been times in your career where we could have probably made that uh, case because you had some very good years with Team Penske. Now you're trying to help Meyer Shank Racing build into a uh, winning team. Uh, has it gone a little bit slower than you expected? Well, it's all about process, quite frankly. You know, you, you can be as impatient as you want to be. That's not going to change anything. Um, sometimes things things take time and you've got to be... Gonna be, you gotta keep working at it. Um, certainly a bit painful right now. You know, we don't have the result we want and not the performance we want either. So we're just gonna regroup and make sure that we understand what what is going wrong when it does uh, without pointing fingers, because that doesn't help anything. But we just gotta, as a team, uh, understand and uh, keep pushing. It's, that's, what, that's what champions do. The field is very deep, as deep as it's probably ever been. So you really can't even have one little miscue and expect to succeed. So just how stressful is that? How much does that amp up the competition level for you? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's exactly how it is. It's, you have one miscue, you're done. So um, you have to be Sunday perfect every Sunday. Uh, and it's very difficult to do. And, and as I can tell you, um, the days of winning four races in a championship are, the, are completely gone. Uh, you just got to 
be uh, be uh, consistent, uh, be a bit like Dixon um, or Pelou these days. Um, you know, be consistently at the front. Well, there are the keys to victory from Simon Pagano, a man who experienced them in 2019 in the Indianapolis 500. Simon, congratulations on that win. Congratulations on your NTT IndyCar Series championship earlier in your career. Good luck in the 107th Indianapolis 500. And thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. Thank you, Bruce. There are many other drivers in this year's Indianapolis 500 who are attempting to win the world's biggest race on May 28th. One of them is our next guest, former Formula One driver Roman Grosjean, driver of the number 28 DHL Honda at Andretti Autosport. Joining us now on Pit Pass in is Roman Grosjean of Andretti Autosport. Roman, we're back at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It's time for the Indianapolis 500. It'll be coming up pole qualifying this weekend since the GMR Grand Prix's already been held. How excited are you to get back onto the oval at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and prepare for what is considered to be the biggest race in the world? Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to uh, get back on track at the Indy 500 uh, after last year. Uh, I didn't really know what to expect in 22, so I think I'm better prefer prepared in 23. I think we've also made a lot of progress as a team on an oval car. I feel much more comfortable in it. Uh, open test was decent. So I'm actually uh, very much looking forward to the, the quality, uh, which is always a very exciting moment. But then race day as well, which, uh, you know, it's, it's we all say it's the same race as everyone else, but it's uh, it's not. It's just a very unique race. This is your third season as an NTT IndyCar Series driver, but only your second Indianapolis 500 because the first year you only drove one oval. That was at Gateway. Are you glad you took that progression the way you did by easing into a different form of racing before turning it loose at the Indianapolis 500? Yeah, I think uh, for me, it was the, the right step, especially after what happened at the end of my career in Formula One. For my kids, for my wife, for my family, I think it was important that we ease back into it. And, and ovals are great, but ovals have also have a certain danger in them. And um, knowing that my family was still in Europe back in 21, it was a bit... It was a bit too much to do the ovals, but know that we're all here and know that I really enjoyed IndyCar and I'd have the chance to race for an incredible team and ready as a sport. Uh, it's just normal that we do all races and, uh, and that we try to win the, the 500. Andretti Autosports off to a pretty good start this season. You have Colton, yourself, and Kyle Kirkwood have all shown great speed. Devlin is still learning the ropes a little bit, but in a lot of ways, Kyle's won a race already. You probably should have won one or two races already. From you look over at the entire team development, how excited are you about the prospects of what Andretti Autosport can do in the Indianapolis 500? I think we can do well. I think Andretti can do well everywhere. That's what we've uh, proven so far this year. Uh, we've got we've got teams that, that want us as much as we do, uh, but uh, I know what we've done. I know how much progress we've made. I know what the car feels compared to last year. So that's all I can I can tell you. I don't know what the others are, but I can tell you that we're in a much better better spot than we were a year ago. For a driver who spent 10 years in Formula One, but is now an Indianapolis 500 driver, what does the Indianapolis 500 mean to Roman Grosjean? You know, it means like Le Mans 24. It means like Monaco Grand Prix. It's one of those races. It's a very unique one. 
in its in its own aspect, just because of the track layout, because of the grandstands, because of where the fans are. Uh, but um, you know, I think uh, I put a question like, if you told me when I was 10 years old that I would compete Monaco Grand Prix in the Formula One, that I would compete 24 hours of Le Mans, and going back at it in the in the number one category in 20. Four and competing the Indy 500 with Andretti Autosport, I would have told you that uh, nowhere would uh, it would happen. And uh, here we are, and um, it's happening, and I've got uh, much more go at it. Do you feel as if you are an IndyCar driver and not a former Formula One driver? I'm a race car driver. Give me a race car, try to win the race. There's no better way to end it than that. Roman Grosjean, Andretti Autosport driver, the number 28 DHL Honda. Good luck in Indianapolis 500 pole qualifications. And thank you for joining us on Pit Pass Indy presented by Penske Truck Rental. Thank you. Another driver hoping to drive to victory for the first time is Christian Lungard, the 21-year-old star from Denmark with Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing. Let's hear from the Great Dane in this exclusive interview for Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental, is a very fast, very young, very exciting driver for Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing. It's Christian Lungard, driver of the number 45 High V Honda. Won the pole and finished fourth in the previous race, the GMR Grand Prix at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway on the road course. But now we're getting ready for the big one, the 107th Indianapolis 500. It'll be your second. How excited are you about getting another chance to take on the Indianapolis 500? Overall, I think it's it's just a great pleasure to be a part of this, this race. Um, being, being the first day in to do it is, is also a great pleasure, but... You know, as a performance um, driver, <clears throat> as, as a competitor, you want to compete for, for wins um, no matter what race it is. But this is for sure one of the, the races that you, you want to win throughout your career. Um, and just having the opportunity to even be able to compete in it means a lot uh, as, as a driver. Um, but, you know, leaving, leaving the, the GP... Uh, with, with such a performance, we, we kind of build up to it in Barber. I think the performance that we had there was way better than it was last year at Barber. Uh, so going into the GP, we knew that we had a good car here at Indy. Um, so we just needed to execute and, and we sort of did. I mean, I wasn't quite sure um, that we were even going to get pole. I never really thought that was going to happen going into the weekend. And We've had a lot of conversations after the, the race weekend, um, how disappointed we are um, of not at least getting a podium starting from pole. But at the same time, the past two races, we've had two fast six, fast sixes, um, two top six results and a pole on the 45 car. So that's something that we also need to be slightly pleased with. Um, and it's a great motivation boost going into the 500. I spoke with you on pit lane immediately after the race and you had the balance of being happy with the way the race weekend went, but being disappointed you finished fourth. Now that you've had a few days to look back on it, what are your thoughts? How do you feel? Honestly, they're, they're very similar. Um, like I just said, there, there is for sure a balance of, of being disappointed, not being on the podium, but looking at, looking at it from the, from the positive and bright side, um, we, we've had two great results on the past two road courses we've done, the past two races. Um, two fast six, which which just proves the, the car's fast. Uh, so we need to execute, and and I think we've struggled with with doing that in in the past 
year and a half at least. Um, so going into the rest of the season, that's it's in the back of our head that we know that we have a package that will be able to com compete, so we just need to execute while we have it. Two completely different types of races. One was on the road course going in that direction, the other's on the oval going 245 into turn one going the other direction. But how much can you carry momentum from one race to the next? You can, you can carry a lot of momentum going from race to race. We, we saw it last year from, from the 30 car, my, my car last year, that once we started performing around Toronto, the momentum kept, kept us going in the right direction for the rest of the season. And we, we qualified third at, at, Barber, at uh, Portland. We didn't qualify very well at Laguna Sega, but we raced very well and, and won, won the rookie title. So we know how much momentum can do for us. So we, we're going to try to make that help us for, for this season as well. You're not the veteran of the team, but in a lot of ways on the track, you've become the leader of the team. And how important is that for you at this stage of your career? I think personally, obviously, I'm, I'm very satisfied with, with being one of the, 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 the more... I mean, I'm, I'm not going to talk down on the two of the other guys. We, we're in the same material, and, and the past two races, I've been able to get more out of it than, than they have. Um, I think we know that Graham is not as strong on, on the one-lap pace, but for sure is extremely strong, if not one of the strongest drivers on the whole grid in race trim. Um, so it, it's been a steep learning curve for me as well to, to match him on, on just pure race pace. Um, so we, we're trying to learn as much as we can from each other, and that, that gives us a strong package. But I feel like we've, we've been missing a lot in the car's performance overall to be able to mix the two different driving styles. Um, but we're moving in the right direction. Do you allow yourself to dream of what your life will be like if you win the Indianapolis 500 or when you win the Indianapolis 500? I like the when. Um, but no, I mean, it, I'm going to take it as it comes. I'm a, I'm a very chilled and humble guy. I don't really think too much about the future. Um, I live every day as it goes, and, and I'll see what, uh, what every opportunity I get brings. Um, I'm, uh, I'm the kind of guy that lives in, uh, in the moment. Keep your eye on the number 45 high V Honda because it's fast, and this guy's even faster. Christian Lungard, Ray Hall Letter and Lanigan Racing. Congratulations on your pole and your fourth place finish in the GMR Grand Prix at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And good luck in the 107th Indianapolis 500. And thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental. Thank you. And now let's wrap up today's show with Catherine Legg, who will drive a fourth entry for Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan in this year's 107th Indianapolis 500. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental, is the driver of the number 44 Hendrickson Honda at Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing, a fourth entry for the team, an extra entry for the 107th Indianapolis 500. It's Catherine Legg. Catherine, it's been a few years since you've attempted to qualify for the Indianapolis 500. So what is your plan this week, building back up to speed and going into the weekend to try to make the 33 cars starting lineup? I supposed to have a plan? I didn't know I was supposed to have a plan here. Um, I think, honestly, we've come in relatively well prepared considering, you know, like the last two years that I did this, we, we had no preparation at all. I had no testing and I literally put it in the field on bump day. So having the week of testing leading up is going to be key. Um, 
We tested in Texas. We were here for the open test. I feel relatively comfortable in the car now. We have a bunch of test items for the engineers for the car, and I need to get more comfortable in in laps, out laps, pit stops, and that kind of thing. Just kind of generally being at one with the car. So um, I, I feel comfortable that I'm surrounded by really good people. I have three great teammates. I have a great team behind me. Um, very, very clever engineers and and very talented people on the team. So I am lucky in a way to be able to be babied getting up to speed. You've spent a lot of time with the team at some of the NTT IndyCar Series races this season. How well have you gotten to know a lot of the people on the team and how many of them did you already know? I mean, I've been around for a while now and I, um, I know a lot of faces, but I don't know that you know them really personally until you spend a bunch of time with them. And uh, I've been really fortunate that with the Texas test and the open test and going to the shop a bunch as well, I've got to know those guys. And, and I think that we've gelled already as a team. You know, when you put together a fourth car effort, it's not like those guys have been running all year either. So they're in the same boat as I am and they need to gel together and, and be able to do great pit stops and be able to do all the things that the other teams can do. And it's just testament to how professional the organization is that they're able to, to do it really. You're a successful sports car driver. How much does that help you on a the four-cornered oval at Indianapolis? Because it's really not a true oval as much as it is a rectangle. Right. It really, it's four completely separate corners that you can't replicate anywhere else in the world. Um, and not driving the Indy car, driving the sports car really isn't similar in any way, shape or form. Although it's still driving a race car, so you still working with engineers, you're still going through the motions, you know, on the radio, working through strategies, doing pit stops and all the things. Obviously, everything's slightly different. Everything's different on the wheel, but um, it's still a race car at the end of the day. How do you describe the four-lap run at the 2.5-mile Indianapolis Motor Speedway where you have to take the car as fast as it can go and maybe even faster than it can go? How Harry of a ride is that for a race driver? I ask me on Monday how hairy that's going to be. I think it's actually, if it's less hairy, then I think you're probably in better shape with the car and you'll probably end up further, further up the grid, right? Like if it's the ones that are hanging on for dear life. I always say that the people at the back are working much harder than the people at the front because the people at the front have a good car and it's easy for them. If you're fighting the car, it's a long day. Um, but basically, you just have to be mentally strong and realize that you've done mock quality runs all week. It's, you know, a warm-up lap, and then you, you set four, four laps flat and uh, hope that it's good enough to put you as far up the grid as possible. And in some ways, I would say this year's Indianapolis 500 run has been several years in the making for you. How long of a wait has it been, and how difficult was it waiting for that opportunity to run here? It's... It's been a while coming, and I think it, it hasn't happened because of a number of reasons up until this point. Um, you know, everything has to be in the right... When you're doing a one-off, everything has to be in the right place at the right time to get a competitive program together. Otherwise, you're just running indie for the sake of running indie. Yeah. And so I think that it just took all the ingredients being mixed in the right way for this year's indie to come together and um, to have the right opportunity to do it again and have a shot, a legit shot at the 500. And basically, just to get into the field, the key is, is to qualify as high up the ladder as possible, or as high up the grid, I should say, as possible. But um, how important will that be for you? I think it 
It depends. Um, we're really not sure at the moment how different qualifying and race running is going to be. You know, in previous years, some people who didn't qualify that well had really good race cars and they did really well in the race. So we're not sure how much of a correlation there's going to be. But for me personally, it's really important to be as far up as possible. I think top 12 would be ideal, right? Because then you get to do the shootout on the Sunday. Um, but as long as, you, as long as you put it in the field, I think the race day 500 miles is a long time. Well, just getting in the race, we've seen some drivers who have used that strategy to finish high in the race. So I guess in your situation, that's probably, you know, the number one goal is get a good starting spot and then you can work the race. You got 200 laps to work the race. So how much of this are you playing in your head or working with Bobby Rahal's team and his engineers to try to come up with that right strategy? Um, we're trying to work on both the race car and the and the qualifying car at the moment. Having said that, we don't really know where we stack up against everybody else at the moment. So we don't really know what the strategy is likely to be, um, whether we have to switch to just working on the race car and if we don't have a legitimate shot at the pole. Well, Catherine Lang, driver of the number 44 Hendrickson Honda at Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing, Good luck in this weekend's pole qualifications and good luck in the 107th Indianapolis 500 on May 28th. Thank you very much. And that puts a checkered flag on this edition of Pit Pass Indy presented by Penske Truck Rental. We want to thank our guest, GMR Grand Prix winner Alex Pillow of Chip Ganassi Racing, Pato Award of Aero McLaren Racing, and defending Indianapolis 500 winner Marcus Erickson of Chip Ganassi Racing. Also, we want to thank the three drivers from Team Penske, including Will Power, Joseph Newgarden, and Scott McLaughlin. Finally, we want to thank four-time Indianapolis 500 winner Elio Castroneves and 2019 Indy 500 winner Simon Pagano of Meyer Shank Racing, Roman Grosjean of Andretti Autosport, and two of the four drivers at Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing, Christian Lungard and Catherine Legg, for joining us on today's podcast. Along with loyal listeners like you, our guests help make Pit Pass Indy presented by Penske Truck Rental your path to victory lane for all things IndyCar. And because of our guests and listeners, Pit Pass Indy, presented by Penske Truck Rental, is proud to be the winner of the best podcast by the National Motorsports Press Association. For more IndyCar coverage, follow me at Twitter at Bruce Martin, one word, uppercase B, uppercase M, underscore 500. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thanks to our production team. Executive producers are Bridget Coyne and Gerardo Orlando. Recordings and edits were done by me, Bruce Martin, and final mixing was done by Dave Douglas. Learn more at evergreenpodcast.com. Until next time, be sure to keep it out of the wall.